So I'm here with uh, Alfredo Romero, who's an activist in Mexico, who's been involved in a lot of activism over the years, uh, movements in, involving uh, the 43 of uh, Ayotzinapa. <laughs> I said it wrong, right? Nope, Ayotzinapa, correct. <laughs> All right, Ayotzinapa and, uh, and Yo Soy 132, so uh, I am the, the, the 132nd person, I guess you translate it. Yep. Uh, so do you want to tell me a, a few stories about how you got involved in activism and uh, some things that have happened along the way? Yes, of course. Uh, basically, I, I lived in the United States for a very long time, and I got back here in uh, 2010, uh, end of the year of 2010, uh, just to, I came with the decision to, to stay here. Uh, when I came back, uh, I noticed that, the city is dirtier, the people are moodier, the, the environment, you know, and uh, as, as far as interactions of people have become more hostile and, uh, you know, there's more crime, uh, there's more people that have no, no resources to just make ends meet. And uh, uh, so I started kind of developing in my head something that that could help with that, you know. I came up with something that's never finished developing. Uh, that I was calling it chain reaction, and basically it was, you know, to consciously become a kinder and, and more polite, more uh, uh, servicing person to the people around you, and in order to spread that, uh, that good vibe, you know, good vibes and bad vibes are just as contagious one as the other. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a good day where somebody says hello to you instead of flipping you off because you cut them off or whatever, you know, you say, hey, you know, everything is okay. Um, so it's kind of like that, that movie, Pay It Forward. Sort of, yeah. I, I didn't think of that movie at the time, but yeah. it, is, it is basically uh, not necessarily that because you, you wouldn't have to be in a mission to go and save help somebody's life or mm. fix somebody else's life but it would be more uh, of you know just in, in involving yourself with a positive mental attitude mm -hmm. uh, which I think lacks a lot in Mexico we we have been hit so hard so many times for so many years that it is difficult to keep an upbeat and uh, a positive outlook on things and mm. uh, I feel that you know I have been able to do that because I learned it from training and jobs that I had before and things like that. Yep. And, uh, you know, a little bit of reading about Buddhism and uh, other philosophical and psychological and uh, political uh, ways of thinking. Yep. And uh, so well, anyway... We it, were talking about uh, sales the other day and, and we were both saying how uh, that's, that's given us this positive attitude, like you have to keep uh, looking for the opportunity even if maybe you don't feel the greatest or you find ways to... to pep yourself up yeah indeed yeah yeah um it, it and it works inwards as well as around you you know mm. when you are when you are an upbeat person a positive person that it's a, a can-do attitude it that's contagious you know and i mean there's people who might not be receptive to it mm -hmm. for a while and who put who might put some resistance to it but if you find the path of least resistance and find the people that 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 absorb this you know, go through there, you know, and the rest, they can join in when they're ready, you know. Mm. Uh, but that was basically, it was kind of like the idea. And I talked to this guy and he goes, 
Well, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. There's a group called Ciudad Para Todos. They're doing mm -hmm. a lot of great positive stuff in, uh, in the city. And uh, I would recommend you to go over there and join them. He was one of the founding people of this, uh, of, of this movement, which did come with a bunch of great achievements. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the biggest was uh, closing down the express uh, route that was going to cross the city. It was a, a toll road that was going to go across the whole city so that you could go from uh, the western side of the city to the airport in 20 minutes less or something like that, destroying a bunch of neighborhoods and, and, and uh, stuff like that. So, so they were going to buy out all the properties, like force purchases and, and kick people out of their homes. And that was, yeah. Correct. And uh, the way that they were doing it, it was going to divide the city further uh, in economic and social ways. Uh, you know, uh, uh, so anyway, we promoted this, we got with the neighbors uh, of the neighborhoods where this is going to happen, and eventually, you know, and I, and I, I didn't do a lot of that. I, I arrived when it was already in motion, and they were already far ahead on achieving this goal. I was just one of the soldiers, foot soldiers, when I got there, and they achieved this. It was a great uh, achievement. They canceled this, this project. Uh, we pissed off the governor who said, we are uh, we opposer, opposing everything all the time. It so it didn't matter whether the project was good or not. It, we were going to oppose it. That's a, that was what he said, you know. Uh, we did find a lot of bad things about it. And at yeah. the end, we uh, planted a tree when we succeeded in, a, in, in the linear park of the land that was going to be the, the road. We made a linear park on Avenida Inglaterra. And uh, we planted a tree called Emilia, which is uh, Emilio is the name of the former governor. And, uh, and we uh, buried the, the plants of, of the express lane uh, under the tree and put, planted the tree on top of it. Okay. And it was, uh, you know, the tree still there. It's flourishing pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, great. So, I was proud, and I met a lot of awesome people there. Yeah. Um, so from there, it went to the step of uh, going to uh, Yo Soy 132. We were actually invited to the first uh, assembly yeah. they oh, can you tell me the, the, the story about because obviously a lot of, a lot of people outside of Mexico won't know the story at all so t tell me the can you tell me the story about the movement how the movement got started because it's pretty funny uh, absolutely <laughs> uh, uh, well uh, the, you know this was something that I found out about after I entered the movement because it happened and uh, like many things that happened uh, politically and socially in Mexico, they are obscured by the main media. Hmm. It's, uh, you know, it's all about business. And uh, in this case, uh, the president went to uh, Ibero, which is a uh, Jesuit. Hmm. Is it correct? To yeah, say that's Jesuit? the word. It's yep. a Jesuit uh, uh, university, uh, a Catholic Jesuit university. And they, uh, he went there for a visit, and the students welcomed him, throwing everything they could find from papers, bottles, cardboards, books, and everything that they could find uh, at hand at him. He ended up having to hide in the girl's bathroom, <laughs> and uh, which is, you know, he should be embarrassed about that, but he's got plenty. Uh, <laughs> he's got plenty to be embarrassed about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, just, you know, the guy doesn't even know how to read and write. Uh, uh, and anyway, we can talk about his attributes uh, later on. So, uh, he, the media said, oh, it was 131 people. 
and they were all hired by uh, uh, PRD, which is uh, the opposition. Oh, wait, wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, well, tell me if this is right. Well, what, didn't the media say it was like five people to begin with? They said it, no. They say it was 130 infiltrated, 131 oh, infiltrated okay. people. Okay. Uh, so they, that's exactly what they what they announced. You know, they looked at it and they said, "Oh, we see 131 people that we can identify here." Okay. And okay. they were non-students. Yeah. They were there were people that were was brought here by Lopez Obrador. Lopez mm. Obrador is the opposition candidate that's been in the race several times. He the president has been won by him several times and stolen from him from you know from cheating in the elections um on this occasion I, he actually will be a candidate again uh in the upcoming presidential election in, in 18 uh but anyway so they said he had hired them you know just to make mm. bad publicity for peña nieto uh who was the uh candidate uh peña nieto had, did have the background of having uh attacked uh with the military, uh, citizens of uh, the Mexico, state of Mexico, which, which where he was trying to uh, put a new airport. Hmm. And these people that were protesting because they were going to get their land taken away, mostly indigenous people. Seems like this guy doesn't like indigenous people very, very well. He always takes their land first and to make roads and other things. Yeah, it's and, like the, the people who are... Un- unsupported that's like who the bullies pick on <laughs> they go for the easy target right indeed uh, so anyway uh he had killed many people uh, and there were rapes there were m- the murder of a very young kid who just looked at the cop and the cop says why are you looking at him boom shot him i mean wow. you know uh, many of these events are in in on video and stuff like that and this was ordered by enrique peña nieto who was the governor of the state of Mexico at the time. Hmm. State of Mexico, if you are from outside Mexico, is a state surrounding the federal district of Mexico City. And uh, anyway, so uh, we didn't like him. You know, the people at the UNIVA are well informed about political happenings. And this was a huge thing that happened in Atenco, new uh, state of Mexico. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, among other things, that was that was one of their big objections about him becoming president. They didn't want him in their university. And after the so they were all students in the end. They were all students, yeah. and not only were they all students. Uh, the movement is called "I Am 132," which is uh, the number of the person next to what they counted on the television. And uh, people basically grassroots wise, they started making videos and say. Here's my student ID. I have not been purchased by any party or any candidate. Hmm. I am here of my own free will, and I don't want Peña Nieto in my university, or I don't want Peña Nieto as uh, as my president, and, and I am 132. And that was the hashtag, I am 132 in Spanish, yo soy 132, uh, which started becoming a movement very quickly in, in Mexico City. Uh, over here, their sister university, uh, which is ITESO, and which is also a Jesuit uh, university, they uh, decided to organize uh, uh, many brilliant people. Uh, I remember uh, Isaac Chakin, who is now very involved in doing things in his own state. Uh, he was one of the organizers of that first assembly. There were hundreds of people. 
uh, we divided into work tables uh, according to what we wanted to do and according to uh, what our qualifications were. Um, it was a, or a horizontal movement with no uh, boss leaders, uh, leaders of tables or temporary leaders that would take, you know, guide uh, a certain project or another, but the decisions were made by the actual assembly. Then this assembly was flexible. One day there were 500 people. Uh, we got assemblies that uh, came close to maybe a thousand people, mm. and we had assemblies, at, you know, that were just a few hundred, fifty. You know, it it always varied. But the assembly was the governing entity of the movement. Uh, so uh, I learned a lot from these folks. Uh, there were people who had uh, great ideas on alternative uh, economy ideas. Uh, um, we had a table that was dealing with make, creating a new constitution uh, that would, uh, you know, bring us back to the protections that we are supposed to have. Um, the whole constitution we have now is really good, but it's just, you know, nobody follows it. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, it, there, there are good protections for citizens and uh, indigenous people have special protections on the human rights section of this uh, of, of the Constitution, but they are the ones that get hurt the most, uh, you know, um, and, and everybody else does too, because when in a society, when you're not being fair to everybody, you're not being fair to anybody, you know. Yeah. So that was basically it. Uh, with, uh, there were some achievements with them, and we had a lot of attention. Politicians and political parties uh, came to try and charm us. Uh, we even had proposals from uh, drug cartels that said they would arm us and uh, they would uh, you know, be our strong arm and, and help us make things happen. Uh, but okay. with, you know, in, in that specific case, I remember telling the representative of these guys that we were not uh, gonna be willing or eager to you know, pay back these favors right. at one point. So okay. that was the end of that. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's what they were looking for. They were looking for a business relationship. They weren't looking to do charity for you. Uh, they never said that they were, but, uh, mm. you know, uh, they they did imply that, uh, you know, we would be one together and we would have similar goals. Mm. Uh, I don't, you know, of course, most of the people in this movement would probably agree with me that we didn't, agree with the goals that drug cartels have in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, yep. so. Well, that's the, the, the thing. Like, in Mexico, you have the cartels on one side and you have the state on the other, and they pretend like they're enemies, but everybody kind of knows that behind doors they're, they're shaking hands and buddying it up, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you hear a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with, uh, you know, I mean... Uh, I've seen facts like, for example, the, the drug enforcement agency from the United States moves out of, out of Colombia and suddenly the drug production reduces. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, isn't that the purpose of them being there, you know? <laughs> and uh, um, they are here and they are very involved. Uh, the, the economy in Mexico is very heavily reliant on the money that these guys are making. Right now, it's, it's a huge portion of our net income as a nation. Mm. Uh, and politicians want a piece of it because they can't stop it. So, you know, can't beat them, join them. 
kind yeah. of thing. You know, politicians want a piece of it, and the cartels want a piece of the power that the politicians have. They want to pay them off and get privileges, like protect protection against their cartel and shutting out other cartels. And yeah, yeah. Well, Peña Nieto, uh, in uh, you know, there was uh, certain instances of uh, evidence that uh, Peña Nieto was heavily financed by by them in his campaign and uh one of the some of the results that you see is after he took his presidency there's been a growth in guadalajara which is where i have been seeing this uh there has been a growth of bars that sell very openly drugs right out of the bar uh little houses where you come over and knock on the window and some guy comes up, opens the window, and he's shopping for anything you want, you know, mm-hmm. acids and cokes and weed. and. You know, I think that we should just, you know, do like, like the Americans did with the mafia, you know, yeah. and offer them a deal. You know, they did that with Nevada for them, and they, they said, right. you know, invest your money legally. We'll let you have gambling over there. Uh, you know, is the poorest state, you know, will make it rich and, and you guys will still be ma- ma- making money without breaking the rules. We'll yeah. forgive all the previous uh, offenses that you had, you know. So they did that there. We can do that here, you know, and say, hey, you have lots of money. Why don't you invest it correctly? Let's mm. pay taxes. Let's do this. Let's, you know, let's leave the arms aside. Mm. Let's stop killing people and, and let's just make, the, make things work all together. Uh, it's a huge part of the of the net worth of the country, so let's make it work for Mexico. Uh, we do have a lot of international pressure from mostly the United States because it's our neighbor regarding drugs and, and drug regulations, you know. But if the money, you know, there are a lot of things that money can be invested on, you know. I I mean, there's I don't know. Uh, bettering water resources you know there's uh, i saw this machine online that it uh, they they're using in nigeria and it's a, a like a big container that captures the humidity from the air and it collects around 100 liters a day yeah. you know dude no more worries about water if we can grab water from the air you know uh we wouldn't have to be paying so much for it we don't have to make a, a dam or near Guadalajara and El Zapotillo and, 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 you know, kick out all these people from their land because we're starving for water, you know. Um, uh, anyway, so that's, that's a little bit to the side of this. Uh, um, there, are, there are solutions, you know. There are, there, our problems are big, but there are solutions. And uh, I, by myself, don't have all of them. <laughs> no, don't have yeah. even a few of them. Well, but uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think we can get some good minds together and yes, bring yes, it about. I think so. Well, yeah, I remember when uh, I was at Occupy Melbourne, and I think it was around 2011, and and I was just sitting there and wandering around and talking to people, and I said, I, I don't know what this is about, or I don't know what the end of this is. What's the what exactly is the point? And and uh, a young lady said to me, Well, I don't know either, but I think it's I think it's important that we're out here talking about it. Uh, and I, I think that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that happened with Yo Soy 132. Yeah. Um, the, the mission was very clear at the beginning. We mm-hmm. were going to oppose the imposition of a president we didn't elect. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that was the mission. Uh, so uh, there, it, it, there was corruption in the voting. Uh, purchasing of votes, which is uh -huh. illegal. Uh, they still are doing, they're started doing that now for the next elections already. Uh, you know, Mexico State, they're, they're purchasing photocopies of your voting ID card hmm. and, uh, and telling you, just don't worry about going to vote. We'll take care of that for you. Right. Uh, you know, paying them 2,000 pesos or uh, over a certain period of time, so much money every month, uh, so, that, so that they will give, sell their vote yeah. to, to, to other people. And, and it's sad because people are getting so little for, for their vote, yes. uh, and they're losing so much from giving away their vote. But uh, they do that, uh, um, boxes of, of cards with votes on them get disappeared, you know, on election time. Uh, if the votes are not the way they want them, they go, oh, it's too close, we can't call it. And then next morning, it's not close at all. The guys yeah. they want won, you know. Yeah. So some new votes just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dead people voting all the time. I mean, mm. you know, I I I saw at Josué 132, we had a table, an information table, and people started pouring in, just go, going, hey, you know, I I we have evidence of vote fraud. Mm. You know, I went to such place, and they already had me as voted. Or um, I went there and I saw my dad, you know, because he has my last name. So he was next to me and my yeah. dad voted. And my dad's been dead for 10 years, you right. know, or things like that. And uh, yeah. So did you ever get that information into the hands of the media? I mean, of course, being a journalist is a very dangerous job in Mexico. So was anyone willing to accept it? Or I don't know what happened to this information. I was not the person in charge of handling it once right. it got to us. Um, I was actually just one of the hands that, that manned that information table. Yeah. And, and our main job was, you know, we started gathering anything that they would bring us, uh, but our main job was to inform people of what we were there for. Mm. Uh, we camped in, the, in Parque Revolución yeah. for, a, for a long period of time, uh, to be specific, 132 days symbolically. Actually, that was one of one of the very good things, uh, you know, uh, we did a lot of a lot. We had a lot of strategies of making thing work uh, that could work uh, given the right circumstances. Uh, there was one point, uh, you know, and this was not my first encounter with with government, but uh, the very first day of the presidency of Enrique Peña Nieto, we went on a march from uh, Parque Agua Azul, which is in downtown Guadalajara, uh, and out to the uh, Expo. Uh, the Expo is a building where they have the International Book Fair uh, in Guadalajara, and we were going to take over it and make it entrance-free. Uh, you know, we were, were going to take over the book fair? Yeah. Okay. We were going to okay. take over the <laughs> entrance of the book fair and just make it no charge to come in. Okay. That was our, uh, our mission. Um, it, it, it was full-hearted uh, and stuff like that, but I was just one of the marchers, and uh, we were actually outraged by the fact that these people have the face to actually put Peña Nieto there when it was so clearly that nobody wanted him as president. Mm. Uh, and, uh, well, we were uh, surrounded by cops at, at one point uh, the, after we crossed the bridge on, on the avenue heading towards there, which is called Mariano Otero. We were by uh, 
Parque de las Estrellas, we noticed that there was a bunch of motorcycles behind us, behind the march. And on the other side, there was a wall of policemen with uh, shields and batons mm. and tear gas and weapons and uh, waiting for us right uh, you know, on the corner right before the, the International Book Fair. Uh, so we were taken by surprise. We really, you know, I think we got, we got cocky. We had done a lot of events uh, uh, up to that point uh, where we had, hadn't really had any uh, confrontation directly from the police. I mean, we had people that got, you know, scared away or that got threatened or that got put on a truck and drove around for a little while and told them, you know, shut the fuck up and go home and stop doing this shit. Right. And, uh, and stuff like that. And then there was, uh, uh, you know, just threats mostly. But we really didn't have uh, a direct attack. Uh, and that was, that was the case. Uh, there were uh, some people uh, who later there were proof that they were talking to the police before the march began. These were people that were uh, wearing black gloves and mm. uh, covered faces. And yep. they started, agent provocateurs. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's they were provoking violence. Uh, they started stoning uh, the pre or PRI, the office, uh, at the beginning of the march. The office and, of the political party. Correct. Yeah. And uh, um, I actually, I was arrested along with a bunch of other people. And one of the charges against me was that I had stoned. Uh, that uh, political party's office, uh, mm. PRI, uh, uh, Partido Revolucionario Institucional, is called. And uh, there's a video of me stopping the people from stoning the, the, the mm. place. It's like, no, bad idea, you know, this and that. And yep. anyway, so I was charged with that. And of course, I presented as a proof my, my videos. You know, a friend of mine gathered a bunch of videos of what I was doing during the march and, you know, showing that I didn't do anything illegal. But I was the first one arrested, and then after that, it was 27 more. Uh, three were let go right away because they were underage. And the other 24 or 25, uh, we stayed for three nights in the jailhouse. Uh, one cop uh, with a conscience came up and said, hey, guys, you don't have to worry. They can't do anything to you anymore. There's like 300 people camping out outside waiting for you. <laughs> so they can't do anything to you. So you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, I was relieved that, you know, we passed on the word to everybody else. Uh, of course, uh, even before that, the girls were, you know, the girls, because there was about half the, girl, the people arrested were girls, half were guys. Mm. And the girls were singing revolutionary songs. You know, the cops would come over and say, shut up. You know, and they start singing louder. You know, I mean, one thing I learned about uh, these movements is girls have more balls than guys, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, there's a lot of guys with balls that I met there, too, though. And uh, so anyway, uh, it was I, I was calm. I, I really didn't worry about what was going to happen. It was well documented. We were on TV being arrested and videoed by half the country, you know, and uh, so I wasn't very worried. There were a couple of guys that didn't have anything to do with this, except they were filming the police abuse mm -hmm. and uh, they were picked up and they were crying in my cell. And I was, I, you know, I was like, don't cry. You're going to scare the other guys, you know, mm -hmm. just keep calm. You know, everything is going to be okay. 
but they, you know, I can understand how they feel that their life might be over or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it was, that was a, a very strong blow for the movement. You know, the movement dispersed quite a bit. After that, the uh, grouped assemblies uh, became smaller and the regular people that would come over and, and join us on, on our meetings and uh, in our actions uh, became less and less. Uh, many of the people in the movement uh, made excuses or not made excuses and left. And uh, we ended up with a lot less people. Uh, there, were yeah. still, there were still a few hundred active ones uh, at, by the time I left. Uh, so you said a lot of people got paid off by the government. Um, yeah, well, most of these people, they left because they were scared. It's like, uh-huh. okay, the police are going to come over and beat us up now. You know, yeah. now, that, now we have this president who likes to beat up and kill people and use the military and use the armed forces against citizens. Mm-hmm. So uh, we know, his, we know his, uh, the way he works, and, uh, and we saw the difference from the very first day of his presidency, which was the first day we were attacked. We were infiltrated into the march by people who stoned the cops in order to give them a, an excuse to attack us. Mm-hmm. And the, they did things that, uh, you know, by any standards of uh, civility or human rights were wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, beat up little girls, uh, mishandle, you know, virtually raping girls, handling them, putting their hands inside their clothing and so on. Uh, there's actually very clear videos of all of these, you know, if you're a YouTuber, go for it, check him out. Uh, 1D, GDL, is the hashtag. Uh, so, uh, a girl that got, you know, her head knocked off the ground by, you know, once she was already on the ground and kicked back up, you know, like she was a soccer ball um, and, and things like that, you know, lots of kids bleeding uh, there were old people, there were children in this march, and they didn't care. They sprayed uh, tear gas, they chased right. us with the, with the helmets. You know, mm. this guy tried to, you know, the, the, their, their shields, you know, I found out, are very sharp on the edges. So they, you know, one guy tried to hit me on the face, he got me on the arm somewhere. And uh, because I, I got to protect myself. But he was mm. heading for my eyes, you know, with, with the shield. You know, and uh, when I was arrested, uh, the guy, uh, the guy's like, you, boom, you know, and I was wearing a shirt. Uh, I am 132, mm. you know, and I was very loud and noticeable. And so, and I was trying to get people to sit down and not look violent so that we wouldn't give him a reason to attack us. And while I was doing that, they said, they came over, I was like, you, I hope you do something so I can kick your ass, mm. the guy said. And right. I was like, I'm not going to do anything. You know, put me in a car, drove me around for a little while. And then they went and put me in a truck with a couple of the other guys. Uh, One of them had been sprayed heavily right on the face with tear gas after he was handcuffed to the truck and not making any motion to escape or anything like that. Mm. It's just a matter of fun for the cops at that point. Uh, So good thing is I had a bottle of water. We were able to clean him up a little bit. He felt better. Um, And then, you know, we were taken to La Cruz del Sur to the police station and then from there to uh, 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 state police uh, uh, headquarters number 13, uh, which is by the industrial area of Guadalajara. And that's where we were kept. 
We were charged with uh, several charges which were not dropped until they convinced the people to sign documents that said, you know, I didn't see the cops do anything wrong. Hmm. If they wrote a paper that said that, the charges were dropped. Um, I don't agree with that. I don't, I'm not going to lie to protect the cops. I didn't sign that paper. Yeah, there is another person. I, I don't know. Is this a thing um, in in common law jurisdictions? You can write, say, if if someone's forcing you to sign someone, you sign it, and then you write under threat and duress uh, above it. I don't know if that that's a thing uh, in civil law jurisdictions as well. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I I just didn't want to play along at all. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't believe that there is any. Uh, there's going to be any follow up on their part. I think that they're mm. just going to take the whole package of people and say, forget about it. Yep. Uh, I think that the reason why they kept from, uh, you know, kept us in this case for almost five years without any evidence, without any charges, uh, or I mean charges, but without taking us to trial, without uh, any further procedure on our part except making us come over and sign every week uh, on a uh, out on bail list on a, on a what and uh on a list of uh people out out on bail ah okay you know out of out of probation in mexico it's called right um i went and signed for a while and then i stopped signing and then many of the other guys stopped signing as well <laughs> uh, because i can't chase you all i guess it, it, it it's bullshit you know it, <laughs> it was bullshit uh, it was bullshit from the beginning and they basically they wanted to take the head off Yo Soy 132. I don't believe that they did. I think they took a part of the head, but, you know, there was still enough of the head. It's just at one point uh, they got they got scared. Now, there were people who, who got very nice, cushy jobs out of this yeah. with the government uh, on radio stations. Uh, uh, you know, Atolini. Of you. Oh, you I'd say, I'd say beforehand you don't have to name names yeah okay, well there he you knows go. I, when, when I see him on the street I always you know I say hi and I'm always looking around like I hope nobody sees me with him you know it's like fuck <laughs> this guy you know I, I, I mean it was shameful of him you know being being a spokesperson of the movement and then coming out and, and, and starting talking completely opposite and you know knowing yeah, spreading knowing, lies, the, knowing the people and the inner workings of the movement and, and, and just bring it out, out, out of, uh, on, in the public. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I don't know, I didn't hear, listen to him enough to say that he lied, but he certainly portrayed uh, okay. us in a bad light. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a betrayal in a personal way because I believed in the guy yes. at one point, and many of us did, mm-hmm. enough to make him a spokesperson of the group. And, uh, you know, he took advantage of this, got a nice cushy job, and he has a radio station uh, for Televisa, a mm. radio station, uh, TV, a radio show, and, uh, you know, hopefully he's making enough money to make up for doing such a thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I do wonder, I mean, the, the, um, the formula that they're going by here seems to be, like, number one, they they try to scare you and then number two they'll they'll use violence especially by this infiltrators agent provocateur and then number three they'll they'll try to use money 
if if that doesn't work. And I guess this is this is probably a formula that we can see uh, in a lot of countries in the world. Like in the United States, I know there was a well, there was this activist group. You might even call it a terrorist group called the the Weather Underground, and. Uh, after some years, members of the Weather Underground, like uh, Bill Ayers, I think the fellow's name is, um, he became a professor. So it's like if you can't <laughs> if you can't um, beat these people, then just give them money, throw money at them, uh, and then that'll settle them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, of course, I, you know. There was uh, several articles and older books that I've read, you know, nothing specific that I can remember right now. But uh, they say this has been a strategy since before my time of being born. You know, hmm. before I was born, they, were, they would find somebody to, that had a potential to make a difference in the country and say, hey, you know, come over here. Why don't we give you some money, a nice job, a good house, hmm. a possibility to break the rules without getting caught and, right. uh, you know. Stop being, you know, uh, such a revolutionary. Yeah, stop being a thorn in our side. You know, yeah. Join the good side. We're the winners. Mm. We're going to win anyway. You know? and, and they convince you of this, you know. And mm. um, I believe that there are, you know, some of these people who got those cushy jobs, uh, I believe they, can, they have the opportunity now since they're in there to make a difference in the favor of people. Hopefully they do that. Uh, you know, they're, they're making enough money so that it should be their job, you know, and Hopefully they do remember that they're employees of us, the people that pay the taxes. Well, there. that's the that's the theory, but I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And, that's you know. a from my perspective, that's like that's something that governments tell you to make you feel better about being a kind of subservient to them. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> and it's something we tell ourselves to remind ourselves of why we're fighting. Um, hmm. But you know, because I mean. In, in legality, that's what it is, you know. Mm. The, the government works for us. Uh, many, many, many years ago, maybe right at the beginning of this type of system, yeah. you know, we lost the reins and they took them. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, if, for democracy to work, you really have to be overzealous. You have to be like, you know, yeah. that very flirty girlfriend that you can't keep your eyes out of because she's going to take off with someone else if you look away, you know, <laughs> and that's democracy for you. You know, you have to be with her like all the time, like a jealous boyfriend, yes. you know, and, uh, yes, you uh, have, have to it's watch a lot of work. Like a whole, you, you, yeah, know, you still yeah. have to do your work and take care of your kids and, yeah. you know, uh, pay taxes, motherfuckers. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the big problem because you have to, you have to have your own life, and at the same time, if you if you want a better world, then you have to make sure governments and politicians aren't stealing from you, and that's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, there are ways for us to 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 get there. Uh, you know, there are countries that are in better shape than we are. Hmm. Uh, you know, like a friend of mine told me, you know, that I told you earlier, don't reinvent the wheel. You know, there are countries that are doing things right in one way or another, mm -hmm. you know, and we should take those already practiced and well-shaped forms of governing and take them over here and apply them. Um, mm -hmm. It takes, it'll take a lot of education. I, I, you know, people don't even know their basic rights mm. in, in Mexico and mostly, I, I mean, you know, 
I'm not going to generalize and my co-patriots, please don't believe that I'm saying that you don't know shit because <laughs> many people know more than I do and, uh, and I don't know a lot. And, uh, but I, I am certainly passionate about the fact that knowledge is power, uh, that, uh, you know, union makes the strength, uh, that we need in, and that we can move out of things, uh, I don't know if this is the right time on, on, on your interview to go to that plan uh, of uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, this bishop whose name I looked up and yeah. forgot. Raul, uh, what was his name? Uh, Raul. <laughs> yeah, so the guy, is his uh, basic idea is sort of starting this parallel government, like starting a bunch of local councils or small, small groups of people from the community uh, to start to look at social problems that exist and, and try to address them. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, his name is Obispo Jose Raul Vera Lopez. I had the chance to see him uh, live coming over here and promoting his idea of starting an alternate government, a government that is regulated by groupings of people that are in, you know, well, let me, let me start over with the explanation. Uh, you start in a neighborhood where you make a council uh, of citizens and you, agru you group them, you let them decide what they call themselves, what, they, what is important to them, and how they manage themselves. It, completely uh, without leadership except for the group in leadership, mm -hmm. you know, which should Hor be Horizontal, rotated. so no formal leadership, no titles. Correct. Right. So uh, now uh, you start doing that and then you start uh, making groupings of these groups as well to manage what the city and the state might be like, and then from the states to the federal. Uh, having this uh, alternate government in place, start offering services such as education and, uh, you know, birth certificates, uh, health care uh, solutions, if there is the money or once there is the money for it, uh, you know, or start at least developing things like that. Um, I think it is a it is a brave idea. I don't think that it would go without without hitches. You know, I think mm. there would there would be opposition, and it would get stronger as it got stronger. But uh, if we got to the point where we are organized enough, uh, we are going to be able to you know get get off that get off the scale, you know, and let the other guys just drop, you know, because we are the weight of uh, on the on this scale and the. The government thinks that, you know, we're, I mean, they have us fooled. They, they have us thinking that, uh, you know, we, stay, we need to stay on the scale in order to get our little bit of bread and water every day. But, uh, you know, water and bread are in nature. You know, we can get that stuff. We don't need to buy it from Walmart. And we don't need to get it with money. We don't need to... Uh, follow their rules in order to, to, to get that done. We just need to put things in place and group a, groupings in place that, that show us how to do this. You know, uh, there are already from the group of I am 132, there are already people working on uh, doing workshops for people to have a vegetable and fruit garden in your house. These are mostly free. Some of them you pay for. And, uh, you know, they just show you how to produce your own food. You need a few square meters of land, you know, and, and the will to work it a couple hours a day and, and you have food, 
no matter what, uh, you know, as far as water goes, you know, that we were mentioning about those water uh, containers that that draw water from the from from the uh, from the air from yep. the humidity, uh, you know, and if that's not the right solution for where you're at, you know, there are others, uh, you know, rainwater. Uh, anyway, uh, just look for forms to 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 live, get off that scale so that they will end up with all the money that's worth nothing but paper, you know, and uh, and they end up with a power that it has no power over us, you mm. know. Uh, so I, I feel that uh, Obispo Raul has a great plan. It is a nonviolent proposal as opposed to, uh, you know, a military uh, coup d'etat or anything like that where me personally, I don't think I would be willing to sacrifice the amount of life that it would take for this country to become free of who they have. And hmm. and then when you get it, and then what do you do with it? You, That's the problem. So. <laughs> not only what do you do with it, in many occasions, and you see it in Nicaragua, you see it in El Salvador, you mm -hmm. see it in, in Colombia, you get the worst dude, you know, uh, yeah. afterwards, uh, yeah. you know, uh, because you're putting a, a military person, a person with a mindset that violence solves shit, yes. you know, and... Uh, Uh, so, yeah, uh, one of the things that we should really know when we're trying to change is where we're heading. You know, many, many people are just opposed to this and opposed to that, but they do not propose. And that is a problem, too. You know, oh, yeah, you know, we should take down the government. I have heard more than three people say that, you know, we should just take out take down the government. Great. Two questions. <laughs> How and what do we do after? Yeah. Okay, it's like, uh, ah, you know, uh, propose, you know, a, propo a, a proposition has the solutions, the, the, the way that it's going to work, the amount of people it's going to take, the money and the resources, the support from this or that area of society that we are going to need in order for it to work. So yeah. and then and then you have problems uh, with propaganda as well because if you, if you start a movement like that, the media is go is going to slam you and you're not really you're not necessarily going to have any defense about that. But if you have like these small councils like like you're describing, what what's the name again? Asamblea uh, or yeah, the, assembly? The, the, the guy's name? Oh, Raúl. Uh, Raúl, Obispo Raúl, José yeah. Raúl Vera López. Okay, Vera Lopez. So Vera Lopez, if if you have these kind of things, then you have these these small groups all over the place, and the media can't. Well, it, it would be more difficult for the media to slam them because if there if you have one in your community, then you probably already know these people and you already have a favorable opinion, and so it doesn't really matter what the media thinks. So I think that's a benefit of that as well. Giving you, uh, uh, giving you a little bit of background, Mr. Vera Lopez, he's one of the people that wrote the, the agreement between the Zapatistas and the hmm. Mexican government, uh, you know, 12, 15 years ago. And, hmm. uh, of course, this, uh, this is an agreement that the government didn't keep. Right. Uh, they didn't keep the end of their end of the bargain. And the Zapatistas are very disappointed on having believed that it, that it was an agreeable, that You know, making this agreement would, you know, would bring some change. It brought, yeah. it brought them a lot of uh, freedom of movement and they are able to do things in their environment that uh, they would not have been able to do before. But now 
they're trying to repress that as much as possible. And, mm. every, and you know, every time there's a new governor, it's a government from for the from the party of power, which is the PRI. Even though, you know, I don't think that you can find any Chiapans who have ever voted for them, you know, except the politicians. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's about it, you know. But the, so uh, anyway, he 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 did this agreement. The man is is he's a. He's a priest, but no, don't hold that against him uh, because <laughs> he's one of the very few priests that I know that are willing to speak up on, on, on behalf of the people that they should represent. You know, most of them have, uh, will be just quiet because, you know, right. they Catholic, don't want to rock Catholic the boat. church is a really great business and we don't want to mess up our concessions, hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, God bless that business. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, is that what they put in the the back of the church in Mexico? God that, bless. We were doing that business. here. Uh, you know, there were uh, you know, I have some uh, gay friends that were very offended by some of the things one of the priests said, and hmm. and, and you know, we went and painted that in in, in the front of churches. God bless this business, you know. And uh, you know, I almost got busted myself, but. Uh, Anyway, that was a different campaign, different thing. Uh, <laughs> cool. It, it, the, the, the church has the ear of the people, and, and the church is basically passive as long as they can be tax-free, making tons of money. You know, mm. We are the country that produces most money, more money for the Vatican than any other country. In the is that a fact? It, that's a fact. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, we're awesome business for them. You know, the Basilica de Guadalupe, which is a big church for uh, Mary hmm. uh, in, in Mexico City. I mean, they at one point had to just make a bigger church, you know, it, you know, it's, uh, it's just doing so well. And it's like <laughs> one of the biggest uh, business or income uh, sources for, for the Vatican in the world, that hmm. church alone, uh, you know, and anyway, so you know, if you want to be a Catholic, be a Catholic. That's cool. You know, just please. Yeah, you uh, have to be aware of what of what they're teaching you and yeah, think it, about it critically a little bit. Well, God is good, and and, and, and you know, if you believe in God, that's cool. Uh, yeah. You know, and but people aren't good, especially when you combine power with access of mo- to money. Hmm. You know, it, it 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 gives it gives them the opportunity to get accustomed to to this nicer way of life and the abundance and and then they start protecting that at the cost of what they really should be doing so mm. uh, unless people keep an eye on them and then <laughs> then it becomes harder yeah yeah, yeah. so so <laughs> this that's that's basically what i've been doing at the moment i'm not active yep. at the moment i'm focusing on on developing my own business and uh uh I do have some plans uh, for the near future, uh, but they have to do more with education. You know, I would like to help with setting up one of those workshops with the uh, farming, you know, city mm. farming, so that uh, so that we can, you know, help people be self-sustaining at least on a large portion of their food, uh, and uh, you know, other uh, workshops uh, for people to learn to. Recycle and to uh, you know shop more wisely. You know, conscious, uh, conscientious, and conscious. Uh, you know, consumerism. Spending. Yeah, 
you know, uh, consuming consuming in the right place where it's going to have the best impact on your community, not not just where you find the cheapest, because that mm -hmm. becomes more expensive afterwards. You know, when people yes. lose their jobs because you're buying at the very cheap store, or you know, hmm. and, and stuff like that. So um, I think that that is where I can I can put my hands in. In a, in a peaceful way and, and, and help people out and, and I wish I could uh, I, I could do that so I'm going to hurry up and, and get set up so I can do that <laughs> but uh, yeah. but at the moment I, you know, I do feel like oh crap you know, there, I mean there are a lot of people great people that are doing great things for the city for the country here now and yeah. uh, you know don't wait for me to come back later you know? <laughs> Go and join some of these guys. Start your own thing. You know, all you need is three or four friends that have similar goals and, and good minds on their heads, and uh, you know, and get started. Uh, <laughs> we will lose this country if we don't fight for it, and that would be a great shame. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think we've. I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about the problems in Mexico with corruption and cartels and all the, these kind of things, but um, I. I don't want to give people a skewed perspective of Mexico, so I'd, I'd like it if you could uh, if you could tell me why you love Mexico. Um, well, I have a a romantic uh, love for my country uh, mm. because I, I I believe in the ideal of what Mexico is. I am fifty five years old, so when I was young, uh, I did see a much better Mexico. Uh, hmm. where education was more complete, where uh, things were safer, where, uh, you know, it's never been really a free speech type of country. You know, if you get too loud, they do knock you down. But, uh, and that's been since the 60s, you know, at least. Hmm. But, uh, but as far as uh, uh, what the country is, you know, people are kind, people are warm-hearted, they're very welcoming, uh, to to visitors uh, and to other people, we do have certain very sad uh, self discrimination issues, you know, such mm. you know where where we wish we wish we were gringos, you know, or something like that, you know, like the gringos wish they were Italians, more or less the same thing, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, the Greenlands uh, wish they were Italian. That's true. You, you know, <laughs> okay. uh, well, I don't understand that. Because <laughs> they love pizza or what is that? Uh, no, because they love Italians, you know. Uh, okay. I, I mean... Uh, the Roman Empire, that's why. They, <laughs> that's they, where the U.S. Empire, Empire comes from. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> they, they have a lot of similarities with uh, with the way they run things as yeah. far as uh, as far as government goes and as far as the democratic uh, way of thinking. But uh, not only that, I feel that they, they, you know, and they rightfully feel that they are the new Rome, you mm. know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I know some Italians, and, uh, and, and I can tell you, they're very similar to Mexicans. But if you tell an American that Italians and Mexicans are more or less the same type of people, they'll go, oh, no, you know, they're, they're Europeans, they're, you know, they're Italians. You know, uh, it, even though Italians were, uh, you know, discriminated upon when they started arriving to the right. United States, yeah. you know, if, 
now if you want to get lucky with a girl, just tell them you're Italian, you know, and uh, you know it'll, it'll help. You know, I was I was told that by a girl. I was like, you know, well, you know, you're exotic, you're different, you know, you have your long hair, that nice accent. Why don't you just tell them you're Italian? You're <laughs> I was like, I'm not, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, maybe if it gets like really urgent and it's been a while for me, maybe I will do that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> I, I like being Mexican, and I don't. I don't call myself Hispanic. I don't like. I. I don't call yeah. myself uh, Latino. Latino. Uh, because <laughs> Latino sounds like somebody who speaks Latin, and that would be in right. old Rome. Right. And Hispanic is somebody from Spain, and not a Mexican. You know, I am Mexican. Uh, I am proud of being Mexican. I have met great people here in Mexico, and. You know, one of the things that made me more assured of this is when we were doing things and they were against us, when the bad guys that are in the government were trying to stop us and slow us down and scare us, you know, we we fought from, you know, when we were in the campground, giving flowers, you know, one day we started giving flowers to the cops when they were coming by and being asses, hmm. you know, they started smiling at us and coming by <laughs> less often. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, and, the, you know, it, 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 it works, you know, it, 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 good vibes are contagious. So I go back to that, that theory of mine. And I think a positive mental attitude, uh, you know, rooted with more knowledge and more knowledge and, and you know, just learning everything that you can about uh, how to better your environment. Mm. Um, well, one thing I do, I do think, like, sometimes I'll see some police in the streets or even even military and uh, I have to remind myself, okay, firstly, I mean, this guy is a person. He's just a man like me. You know, he has feelings. He has a family, everything. And beyond that, he's he's a Mexican and he probably values hospitality and he, pro he probably likes smiling and, you know, drinking a beer, whatever, uh, all, all of these things. And I do find that, like, police here will shake your hand sometimes in australia they will not <laughs> but tell, tell me this uh do, do you feel more free here in mexico or in the united states or it's equal or what would you say differently free right okay. <laughs> um uh in mexico i can uh, be myself and i am not conditioned to what is acceptable for a mexican to do and not uh, you know, I I feel freer of being myself in, mm. in, in that, you know, I can, you know, I don't know, I can call brothers and sisters to everybody, which I have the habit of doing, you know, mm. and uh, it's also part of my theory that hopefully I get people to think that we are brothers and sisters, you know, yes. and, and, you know, you treat your brother better than you treat your neighbor or your, you know, cellmate. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, um, in the United States, uh, you know, it's a country that's treated me very well. I've done exceptionally well for myself over there. Uh, never had any big difficulties, and I had second opportunities and third opportunities over there over the years. My uh, two of my my oldest two children are born there, and, and you know, and I did teach them that they were American, that they were born in the United States, and to be proud of that because it's their country. And I feel, you know, hmm. a, a national pride is, is is part of recognizing what your identity is and, and embracing it. You know, because 
you're stuck with it. You're not going to change that, even when, <laughs> even if you get a passport from somewhere else. <coughs> um, so, uh, but there's that. I did, I did run into a little bit of uh, prejudice. I, it did get worse when uh, Donald Trump started campaigning. Right. Uh, you know, to where the people that are usually discreetly racist and just look at you like you're scum. Now tell you you're scum, you know. Mm. Uh, go back to your country, or you know, or throw your change and your receipt on the table without saying a word to you, you know, mm. or things like that. Uh, so it did get a little sharper after Trump started uh, over there, and you know that now that he's taking office, I haven't been there since he's taking office, but I have the feeling that it it might have you know scaled up a little bit higher. Um, yeah. But I don't know, you know, I mean, I have hitchhiked right outside of the checkpoint crossing the border into the United States from Mexico. And I have stuck up my thumb in front of the immigration guys who didn't do anything against me <laughs> or to stop me. And I got a ride all the way to Phoenix, Arizona. And, uh, you know, I had to do that because if I went on the road, they would have thought I was illegal. They won't pick me up, you know. <laughs> so I had to do it where the they could see that they could see me, you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, so, uh, anyway, I have found very, very, very kind and great friends over there from different nationalities. You know, I have a lot of Russian friends now uh, and from Eastern Europe. And, uh, you know, Mike's wife is uh, English and Scottish. And, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> look for American woman in the dictionary. There's a picture of her, you know, she's classic American. <laughs> uh, so the American dream is still alive to some extent, like go there and, and you know, set up shop and make money. As far as making money, uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think if you look hard enough, you, you find the way, yeah. uh, you know. Um, and I think Mexico has, has a dream of its own. Uh, I think that yeah. when you look, you find in Mexico as well. You know, I, I mean, I came here with, with money and I started a business that where, you know, I was taken for a ride and I ended up with no money and I ended up, make, you know, giving English classes and taking pictures at weddings and, you know, doing whatever I could. So, so what, is the, what is the Mexican dream? Uh, to get out of the hole right now. <laughs> no, no. for you okay well <laughs> or in general i mean is, is, do people even say that no, no no this is a very american saying yeah, uh, yeah. well i don't know the they uh, the media tries to tell me that the australian dream is owning my own home and i'm like i don't care i mean th that would be nice but you know i i don't think it's your business to tell me what my dream should be <laughs> agreed so and, and you know the american dream has a lot to do with that but i think the american dream is a little bit of a trap yeah you know because they they want you to have that home because then you have to work your ass off to keep paying it mm. uh you know they want yeah. you to buy a yeah. car in credit so that you have to be paying for it uh, <laughs> you know and and they want you to buy consumer electronics and extra stuff that you don't really need yeah in order to keep producing you know, and uh, it's okay, except that it leaves out the people that don't want to do that. You know, it, it leaves those people aside and, and, you know, maybe they have their own American dream. You know, maybe it's not owning a home, but learning yeah. to play guitar and, and, and you know, watching the sunset every evening, 
at the beach, you know, and yeah, growing well, their that's, hair. That's something you can definitely do here. Weed. <laughs> you know, you can definitely do all of those things here in Mexico. There's uh, many beautiful beaches in San, we, San we, Julita, Punta we call that Sueño Guajiro. Guajiro. Uh, yeah, Guajiro is a, it's a, a Sueño Guajiro is is a term that is like this out of reach type of dream, you know, like yeah. oh, I want to go and you know. I had an uncle that did this. I, I want to go and build chairs yep. on the beach, yep. you know, at, like right on my balcony, looking at the beach. Yep. Just build chairs all day long and sell them in my front lawn. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's it. You know, just go old, you know. And, uh, it, well, you know, sometimes it could work, you know, yeah. if you plan it. And sometimes it couldn't. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they're making it more difficult for people, though. If people are not, you know, right now there's there's a huge action all over the country to take away people who, who are finding a way to make a living, hmm. you know, not necessarily within the system, but not illegally, like just selling stuff on the street or, yeah. uh, you know, or doing making giving services to people. Like, like what people do in the United States where, you know, they go around and say, hey, can I mow, mow your lawn or wash your car? Uh, people do that here, or they clean your windows, or they sell bubble gum or flowers and stuff like that. And now the police is coming and taking their their merchandise away, beating mm. them up, sometimes jailing them or fining them. And mm. uh, you know, I mean, I you know, I've met a guy that cleans windshields, and they offered him a job one time, and they, you know, he got his first paycheck. And he says, "I make this in one day cleaning windshields." <laughs> And he left back to of this, course. you know. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, now he had, he was an employee, and he had to dress nicely, and he was getting taxes taken out and paying yeah. for for his uh, medical insurance. And he's like, "Why do I need medical insurance when I make this in one day? <laughs> it took me two weeks here. You're crazy." You know? <laughs> and 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 that's legit. Uh, I mean, I get annoyed by the people that try to clean my windshield in the corner. Because I think, man, if this is unsafe, I could run you over and be in trouble or whatever. But you know what? You're doing something <laughs> in exchange for something else. Yeah. And that is not unfair yeah. at all. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, and it is unfair for me to be annoyed at what other people do. I, can, you know, I, should, I don't have the right to, to interfere with their free actions. You know? yeah. So, yeah, it's annoying. But, you know... Cool. They're not criminals. <laughs> they're they're working. They're making their money. Well, that's know? right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's finish it up there. Do you have any final notes? Anything else you want to say? Uh, any? You don't have any projects you want to promote? I guess. Uh, no, not not at this point. Uh, there are there's uh, some people from uh, Iteso that mm. started uh, an organization called Wiki Politica. Yep. Uh, they, uh, you know, Pedro Kumamoto is a, a, a representative here who has been elected independently uh, in, through their support and their mm-hmm. promotion. And uh, he has done a lot of really good things here. I'm very proud of that guy. He's also developing those, uh, he calls them nods uh, and citizen uh, no, nodes in, in, their, in, in his area. Like little assemblies, oh, okay. little okay. groupings of people, yep. and he wants them to tell him what to do. Yep. Which is, you know, that's that's where we should be mm-hmm. in every part of the country. You know, people telling their governors what to do because yes, they work for us. 
Uh, so uh, they're promoting other candidate, uh, candidacies uh, in other places, and they are uh, very, uh, you know, focused. They are educated people with bright minds. Um, I only happen to know the guys because some of them were in Yo Soy 132, but, uh, I, and I'm not involved. But, you know, if, if you want to go the political ways, the way the establishment is set up now, this is one way to go. If you want to go in a different direction, like getting out of the of the scale to make the the other side drop, you know, the political side drop, you can do that too. And you know, you can do that by, you know, wise consumption, by uh, you know, finding different ways to do things, and by uh, remembering that with a positive mental attitude and a plan, you can do most anything. You know, and uh, so anyway, there are options. There are options, and the only thing that you cannot and should not do is think that everything is lost. Yes, everything is. You know, your life. uh, There was uh, two things that I want to say about some uh, philosophy uh, philosophers that I heard of. One is, uh, you know, your life is not fucked until you decide it is. And the other one is uh, Jodorowsky. uh, He's a Mexican. man who said, you know, there are two types of people in this world, the ones who wish they have done something and then watch the ones that did something. So you make a choice on which one you are, you know, and get there. 